I'm super excited. Today we have with me Per Bay from Cosmo Consult. And uh, yeah, Per and I go, I think, way back. We are working with each other already for a long time. And actually, he's the first partner in the show, which I'm ERP partner, which I'm really excited about. He has his background in Microsoft Dynamics, NAV, and Business Central since 1997. So that's a lot of experience. He built over his personal brand over the years on uh, on LinkedIn. As I mentioned, he's currently working at Cosmo Consult. So welcome, Per. Happy to have you in the show. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's a great honor to be here. Cool. So you're calling in from Sweden, right? Are you in Sweden at the moment? Yes, I'm living in the north part of Sweden in Umeå. Today it's minus 14 degrees and a lot of snow outside. Oh, wow, wow. Here, slowly the spring is starting. So we definitely have do not have minus 14 at the moment here in Rotterdam. But yeah, you are one of these parties maybe furthest north in um, on the world map, let's say it like that. But yeah, really cool calling in from Sweden and a part of Cosmo Consult. So yeah, let's start with your background, Pear. So yeah, what's your background and story with, with ERP, Cosmo Consult or IT in general? Yeah, I think I started already like a small guy and giving my mother gray hair because i dissembling all stuff at our home, our alarm clocks, radios and everything. That's uh, mm-hmm. I've been very curious about how things work. And I think I built my whole career about that. And as you mentioned, I've been working in the European industry now for 26 years. This is more than half my mm-hmm. life. I think the great things to working as a consultant, helping customers in this industry mm-hmm. is actually to see what benefits you have from ERP system, other system, how you can use them and help customers to take advantage of this technology. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think over the years, you must have seen hundreds or maybe even thousands of projects, right? So, Yeah, of course. And if we go back in time in 97, when I started this industry, mm-hmm. it was before customers have internet. We went out oh. to the customers sitting in the server room, installing the ERP system on floppy disks. <laughs> it's been an amazing journey during these 25 years to see what's happening and the latest innovation with SaaS uh, delivery of ERP systems mm-hmm. and integration and the whole power platform for Microsoft. And in these days, it's much talking about open chat and artificial in- talking yep. about AI. AI. Yep. Yeah, AI, AI, yes. No, definitely. Yeah, I remember the days as well that you, yeah, you needed to install Office or an operating system or, yeah, indeed an ERP system still with floppy disks. You were busy for a day. And if we now see 25 years or 26 years later, that's just with one click, you have an instance of Business Central or a new subscription on Office and you can use it right away. That's a big step. All right. You also start building your, uh, let's say, personal brand or sharing ERP information to others. So can you explain a little bit more about that or how did that start? Well, as a consultant, I learned a lot of meeting all these hundreds of customers during this year. And I want to be an advisor. And uh, I think a big way to explain to many customers is to actually, I started with a blog, mm-hmm. writing things about Dynamics ERP systems. And I get a lot of great feedbacks. And, and then I start during the pandemic to build up a YouTube channel as well. During this YouTube channel with all its video, it gave me a lot of feedbacks from customer. 
I want to show customers what they can do with modern technology. Because sometimes we meet new customers, they don't know the latest technology. They know about the existing ERP system, the existing processes. And for example, last week it spoke with a customer talking about reports. But have you seen Power BI? Have you seen you can have graphical charts? And they haven't. So mm-hmm. you need to inspire people what you can do with the modern technology. It sounds so easy and so simple, but you have to say with Sana in that sense that we are yeah, continuously helping our customers sharing the things also that we already have for years in the product, but uh, to get the maximum out of the tool or to learn them about the new stuff is, let's say, a never-ending journey. We are understanding this more and more actually by just simply talking to customers and, and they want to fix something or try something. And of course, we have everything in place in the product with help articles or interactive things, you know, that can help customers further. But yeah, sometimes they just need also a little bit of this, this discussion and inspiration. And a lot of problems can still be solved and say, hey, it's already in the product or there is already a solution for it. You just need to see it, right? You didn't know that it was there. And every That's kind it. of system you have is actually only a tool. Yeah. And the benefits come when you use it in the right way. Correct. I have yeah. an example. If you work as a carpenter and yeah. you have your nail and hammer. Yeah. And... Uh, of course, you're very skilled with your nail and hammer. But if you want to work an efficient way and do it better, you invest in, for example, a nail gun, yeah. and then you can work very efficient. But of course, you need to invest in a new system. It can be yeah. very expensive, and you need to learn this new tool. And when yeah. you have understand how you can use it, then you get the benefits. Yeah. yeah. And today you also have the possibility as a private person rent this solution as well. And I see a similar with the SaaS uh, service that today a very small customer can have this big advantage with the system because they don't need to invest so much in buying expensive solution. They can rent it as a SaaS service. Even if it's a EP system or e-commerce platform, we see that get a lot of functionality for a very small amount. No, definitely, definitely. Yeah, you can start small nowadays. So... Talking about ERPs in relation to e-commerce, so what has been, from your perspective, the biggest, let's say, change that you have seen with ERPs in combination with e-commerce? Is there anything you want to share there? Back in the days, you remember the dot-com boom around the late 90s, 2000, every customer should have a homepage and a lot of online service. And mm-hmm. the e-commerce actually was born around this time. And we had a lot of customers that invested in um, the e-commerce. Okay, there were no so many pre-built e-commerce solutions back then. Many customers build their own platform based on the yeah, you know Linux, Apache, MySQL, yeah. and PHP solution. Mostly, what they didn't think about it was to integrate it with the ERP system. The ERP mm-hmm. system back then was a finance system for them. Yeah, so. They had purchased, they have a warehouse, one system, and they have another e-commerce system that sell the products online. Today, we see it's more important to integrate the ERP system together with the e-commerce platform because you have a logistics chain. Maybe you make delivery directly from your vendor to the end customer. 
you need to have the whole supply chain integrated. That is the core part of ERP system to actually track the demands for the sales and the purchase department, of course. If you don't have this holistic view and if you don't see that you have a data-driven company where mm-hmm. all systems talks with each other, then you never really will get a holistic overview of your supply chain. If you have one sales system in the e-platform and you have, for example, sales guy working in the ERP system, they have the sales order and you have another system for purchase, then you never will get the insights in your business. Mm-hmm. Of course, that is one of the reasons why Sana started back in the days. And I think also that was one of the reasons why we started working together because we teamed up, right? With especially in the early days where um, you were part of a reseller and before Cosmo, another ERP reseller or our service integrator. We were doing our you know first attempts with B2B e-commerce with Sana. And uh, yeah, I, I clearly remember a trip to Sweden where we just went to a couple of, let's say, mutual customers or potential customers and demoed it. It was mostly in, in back in the days, still also on fashion focus. So we had a couple of uh, customers that are were B2B, but uh, really in the, in the fashion industry, uh, they needed particular things like pre-ordering or uh, and nice looking variant capabilities uh, that you can order these different variants on a large scale. Uh, different size and color and our style tables and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, we were automating that, right? That was, I think, in the early days of B2B e-commerce also in, in, in Sweden. So uh, because that is actually also what you mostly do, I think, with Cosmo, right? You help companies automate and I think with the help of technology. So uh, I think Business Central is what you are focused on and mostly implementing also with Cosmo, Pair. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. We have uh, wholesalers and manufacturing companies at the yeah. main market, but they also had the need to extend their automation from purchase to sales. I remember we have a customer actually in the retail industry that they have a lot of stores around Sweden. And when they went into the e-commerce, they actually have a separate system for that. But for the logistic part, they took stocks from the main warehouse and put yeah. it in a separate warehouse just to don't interfere with the supply to the stores. If you don't combine the system has this omnichannel strategy, you will have multiple processes in your company to delivering different channels, for example, for the e-commerce and the, and the stores. Yeah. But that is what we try to help customers with to have omnichannel strategy, supply chains that work in multiple ways. So for example, for a manufacturer, they can have spare parts. They can have a product that are some way configured. So they need to assemble the products before it is delivered to the customer, or it can be also some customer-made products that are drawings behind and things like that. Different customers have different processes to actually delivering the products, but we see with customer portal or B2B portals, we can serve the end customer much better in the process. No, no, definitely. And that's what we do and do together. And the, especially it's, it's cool that we all and both have this yeah, manufacturing focus. There is a lot of 
there are a lot of manufacturing companies in the world, but still there is a, a huge potential to get them more automated or, or more efficient or in the end help their B2B buyers to to succeed. Because yeah, that is that is maybe a question I also have is let's say we see a lot of manufacturers already making that step, right? To go online. And as you mentioned, also there were some early adopters in the 2000s that uh, tried to build stuff themselves, right? And yeah, some of them succeeded. Some of them maybe evolved into products like Sana is and some failed. But in the end, there are also still, there is still a group of companies that is not started or they tried, but they didn't continue yet. But yeah, why should manufacturers, let's say, from your opinion, invest in 2023 in, in a new e-commerce solution or to start it or to, to invest more? What is your, your take on that? I would mention, we still see customers that have their homepage with their products, yeah. but it's no e-commerce behind it. It's mm-hmm. just a... Oh, Maybe we have this kind of categories. We do yeah. these things. Someone had come a little bit further. They took the product catalog and digitized it and put it on the homepage. Yeah. But they still don't have an order process. Or we have some customers that they have, you can order it. But what's happening is actually sending a mail yeah, yeah. to the order department. So we, yeah. I think we have a lot to do there still to do with customer to actually integrate it with the ERP system. Yeah. And uh, for example, in the B2B, it's very important that we have customer prices. Yeah. So when you log in, you see your prices, your rebate, and the actual inventory and current orders that is in way, historical orders. You get some more insights in the B2B that you maybe don't have in the B2C demands. And why... Mm-hmm. Usually invest. If you don't exist on the internet in the future, people will not find you because the way the purchase behavior is, is that you Google things or in the future, AI will suggest things for you. Mm-hmm. And you need to be there with your products, with your functionality. And um, you must sell online. You can't rely on uh, go to the fair or uh, customer they should call you you need to be online to be visible yeah i totally agree and maybe a side question is why do you think that there are still customers then that they only have a home page or only have a couple of products and didn't go to an online complete solution yet let's say so what what could be the hurdles or what are the hurdles that you see at the customers that they are struggling with i talked with a customer a couple of weeks ago and they say no, we can't take our products to the homepage. This is complicated. We mm-hmm. need a sales guy to explain to the customer how it works. That is thing, something you need to work with when you go online. You can't just take your product catalog and put it on your homepage. You need actually to have advisory service. For example, if you sell pumps and pipes for that, and you need to configure that solution, you maybe should ask the customer, which kind of pump do you need? What is your need? Well, yeah, I should pump 200 liter hours or whatever figures you need to ask for. Mm-hmm. And then the system or the homepage should advise, well, look into these pumps. This is something that fits your needs. And when you have select that pump, then you need to select your pipes. If you have hundreds of dimensions of pipes it should just show that one that fits just this pump we see 
e-commerce customer that advise their customer with insights and help them and guide them through the purchase process, then it's become much, much easier. But you need to invest in that. I think AI can help you in the future. You can have sales guys that is artificial, Mm -hmm. help the customers to select the right products. But of course, if you don't take your product and put it on the homepage, they will not sell by themselves. You need to have some helping system to advise. Correct. Yeah, I think that is that clearly described. Let's say that one of the main hurdles is that traditional or physical process needs to bring to the digital world. And that is hard and sometimes also very complex. And you need to reinvent more or less how the company is doing business. And that's sometimes putting companies into like a stall or saying, oh, uh, that's a scary move. But of course, if you want to bridge that gap, yeah, we have, of course, the solutions in place like Sana that you can easily start, right? It's in that sense, also the SaaS solution and uh, a low investment, something to try. And we bring already a lot of that complexity to to online. And uh, But still, it will, uh, it will require work like always. It's not a uh, something that goes 100% automatically. You need to need to think how I'm going to sell and uh, yeah, how I'm going to motivate my internal sales departments to work together with me to move the sales process to digital. That's definitely the, the challenges we have talked more often about in this in this podcast. So, But that's great to hear this from you as well. Yeah, and you can integrate videos and things like that as well mm-hmm. in your e-commerce platform that advise customers to select yeah. the right product. Okay. And how important is it then to think ERP first when implementing a B2B e-commerce solution and what to take in consideration when doing so? I think ERP should be master for all item data. When we talk about inventory, prices, rebates, uh, the item number, because mostly you have the purchase in in the ERP systems and you have a also connection with your vendors, information from them that uh, you will get through the ERP. Then, of course, in the e-commerce platform, you need to enrich it with more selling text, the videos, brochures, uh, pictures, and attributes, maybe everything that helps the end customer to select the right kind of products. Mm-hmm. But I think the whole chain from information from the vendor to the ERP system to the front end should be combined and this logistic need to be in place. If you just put your item and prices on the e-commerce platform, then you don't have the rest of the logistic flow. Maybe also have some third-part logistics uh, that you need to integrate through EGI or something like that, or maybe you have a drop shipment from your vendors. You don't even have it in your own stores. And you can build Mm -hmm. a lot of flows in your ERP system that make it more efficient for the end user as well. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. And and of course, I think you have seen many ERP implementations and also migrations from on-premise to cloud, let's say. So, uh, yeah, and, and with Sana, we sometimes take also maybe a little bit different approach. We always say, okay, if you are migrating your ERP or if you are implementing a new ERP, sometimes we just advise also to wait for that because uh, with that process, a lot of optimizations happen, right? Which you mm-hmm. do not have to, to solve when going online. And so sometimes we, we rather take, let's say, 
And, uh, of course, they can start already with filling in content and so on, preparing that homepage, but bringing that connection to life that we are, um, that this single source of truth is, is really well organized because, yeah, we see companies succeed when they embrace this as well and that they have, yeah, let's say a good implemented ERP system. And uh, nowadays that can also um, done more and more by just re- using the standard, right? In the past, we were always customizing a lot, both on the ERP side and on the and um, on SANA as well. But now, yeah, when solutions are more huh, cloud and SaaS-based, everything is more pushed towards the standards. So that makes these implementations, I think, more overseeable and um, in the end, easier and quicker to implement. Yeah. It's not longer a technical project because Correct. in the SaaS world, yeah. it's only deployed. Yeah. You, you actually just need to sign up and maybe... You, Connecting the two systems takes 20 minutes, something like that, and then you're up and running. Yeah. It's more configuration, the right configuration, exactly. And, and thinking about the processes, most of the time, just making the transformation to physical to digital or um, making sure that you get the maximum out of your tool, like you yeah. shared before. All right. Looking at failures, so what are the most, let's say, common failures when implementing a new B2B e commerce solution or yeah, what, what can go wrong in this journey? You have seen a lot of projects. Yeah, I was at Microsoft head office last day. There was a customer talking about how they selected solutions for them. Mm-hmm. And he said, we don't select the best of breed. Instead, we select best of platform. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what Microsoft wants. They want to deliver the best platform for a customer. Mm-hmm. So it's actually not anymore you're selecting an ERP system. It's actually uh, selecting a platform with when you're in the ERP system, have your sales transactions, you Mm -hmm. have a CRM for customer relation, you have your e-commerce for the front end, and maybe you have your service in the back end when handing over your service requests. And all this together must work seamless. So selecting best of breed solution, that should, for example, be you have one customer data in your ERP system, you have one customer data in your e-commerce platform, you have one customer identity in the CRM system and in the service desk system, and you don't get the holistic view over your customer sales. So that is the benefit of selecting a platform first and, and see that everything works seamless together. And you know, tomorrow's companies will be data-driven. And if you have all data combined and in one system, it will help you to give you some insights in your sales, in your customer, in your products, uh, in your whole business, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that is also what we see in, in, in investigations. We do market research or also research at our own customer base. Had the amount of time, and we have shared that also more often in this podcast, but the amount of time that customers are spending uh, time and during implementation to connect all those silos of information, synchronizing it, bringing the data together. Yeah, that's maybe a waste of time if you can, yeah, you can find more or better optimization if you select, yeah, for example, better architecture of your of your system landscape. Indeed, a uh, platform or we are, or we call it ecosystems. We are SAP and Microsoft are the two ones. We are focusing on, and of course, B2B, but that's also that we make sure that, yeah, you do not lose or spend time on, on, on connecting these systems together or make sure that there is this 
yeah, single source of truth and that and that can deliver great stuff. Like for example, what we have with Sana Commerce Insights, where we bring ERP data online and offline, uh, transactions, mm. for example, together with e-commerce data and that is so click behavior, but also other analytics from Sana together with maybe just data from in within Sana, the system itself, like shopping carts or so. If you combine it and create a holistic view, uh, you get very interesting insights on, let's say, which salesperson is doing better than the other, which salesperson is better adopting or promoting the, the online channel, or which customers are really doing good, or which customers are, are, not, are not moving to digital. And then you can much more, in, let's say, laser focus, help these hurdles overcome, so help these customers or help these salespeople. And that's how, we, you, how you can grow. With a, with a product like Sana. So, no, yeah, thanks yeah. for these lessons. I think yeah, choosing yeah, your, your platform wisely is, I think, something to do. Yeah, and what about the quality in general of product and price information? Yeah, what have you seen there in, in, in the world of, of ERP, all these ERP implementations that you have done? Yeah, it's very important to have a good quality of your data. Item information, for example, we have some uh, barcodes, EON codes. Yeah, some vendors reuse the same code when they exchange the products for the next year, mm -hmm. and that can mix up it very, very much. Yeah, so I've seen uh, other things that we import a lot of data from a vendor. Yeah, and if you don't map it in correct way, we can have yeah, for example, uh, currency. If the information lacks and you post a wrong currency in the e-commerce platform, it can be a differential with 10 times mm -hmm. more cheaper expensive because yeah. you mix up Swedish crown and euros. So, of course, you, you should have good quality in your data. Sometimes you get it from the vendor and you need to do the quality check. I will also say in the B2B, some sales organization has made the price and rebate uh, structure a little bit too complex. They have a lot of work to maintain all these prices or rebates. Yep. They have a special price list for each customer or rebates for each customer. Mm -hmm. And they need it's to think it a little bit more. They have a price structure, different price list for different currency, maybe for some three, four different customer groups have five rebate levels or something like that but mm -hmm. don't overdo it because you got a lot of maintenance work if you have too complex price and rebate structure yeah no i understand i understand that is also what we see a lot and of course yes yeah, sana can handle a lot of this complexity right that is not an issue but i think in general it's more about the transformation from physical to, to digital is that, or it was just by nature of the growth of the company, right? They were building on top of, on top of, on top, and then pricing structures can get really complicated. And sometimes it's, it's a living organism. So you need to, and like with software, you need to re-architecture or re-refactor things over time. And uh, that's also an advice we are giving uh, when doing implementations and we see something like that. Because, yeah, although we can handle a lot of complexity, I think it's also, it should be understandable for the people. And so that's a great tip. Thanks for that. So working on that data quality is, is always a good thing. Yeah, so maybe if you want to grow, huh, let's say, so from starting small to a little bit bigger, if you take, let's say, manufacturing or wholesale e-commerce store, so how what would be your advice be, let's say, so how can you scope something to start with small and maybe grow further 
along with the journey? What what is something that you that you have seen? We try to start small. Don't have too big project mm-hmm. because if we should implement it, a new ERP system, a new e-commerce platform, maybe you should have a, a CRM system as well. Don't do it in one big bang. Try it. See what is the most valuable functionality you need. Of course, the system needs to be in place. Do that first, see that the finance works. Maybe yeah. you already have an e-commerce platform that you should exchange. Let it be in phase two that you exchange it and integrate it to your ERP system. And CRM system maybe could be in the third phase. But take so much standard, adopt the functionality you have in the, the system don't look so much what you did in the past and do the same thing in the new system because you will miss a lot of new functional features that are available in the new system. Of course, there's always a challenge to see what is the real demands and what is historical demands adopted in a new platform. But you need to drop something you have done in the past to achieve something new in the future. Yeah. And you need to change it. No, no, I understand, understand. Yeah, that that is, I think, a very um, a good thing to do. Mm. And sometimes so easy, but it is not always the case, right? That can still be a hard challenge. And if you have some customer in the manufacturing industry that yeah. doesn't have been in, in e-commerce earlier, yeah. start small. Start with your spare parts, something that is very high volume, very easy to implement. Don't take your whole product range if it mm-hmm. doesn't need for that. Maybe give some discount to customers to start ordering in the e-commerce platform instead of calling you. Give some benefits to the customer to change their behaviors. Yes, things like that is something you need to work with to change your customers' behaviors. Understood. Understood. Thank you. Very interesting. Like always, the time is, is flying pair. So we have, let's say, a little bit of new concept is that we're asking a question from the previous guest. And and from the previous guest, we had a question, let's say, can you give an example of a B2B product or service that would be challenging to sell online, right? We, we talked a lot about that transition today, but yeah, maybe there are, there are also, of course, things that are, that would be still very hard. What, what, what is your take on that? If you have customer-made products, or it's configurable, mm-hmm. you need to structure it in a way that you can order it online. And for example, we have a vendor that are selling uh, elevators. Yeah. And elevators can be one, two, three, four, or five floors. You can one or two doors on every floor. You can have different kind of fabrics or glass or steel or whatever on each uh, floor. And you need to have a configurator, a CPQ, uh, to help the customer to actually order that kind of products. That's a, a challenge, but it's doable. But if you ask the customer, hey, what kind of his do you want and make a draw for everyone, then with, you can't fit it in an e-commerce platform. Then you need to work in another way. But yeah. if it modelize your solution, for example, when you buy a car, there are some standard models, but you also can configure them, have mm-hmm. different colors, different leathers, that way. 
you need to think in this way and have a strategy how you should modelize your 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 products then you can go in an e-commerce solution for that yeah no true right? finding that structured model or and yes with cpq eh, configure price quote that is also yeah solutions we interact or integrate with that can solve this partly and i think some even can go pretty pretty far indeed elevator configurators and that kind of stuff is doable but it is a big challenge I definitely uh, agree with you. It is more like, yeah, some kind of a design or a sketch or something, or maybe more on the really custom build or so. Uh, Then there is always this human interaction that is supplying the design or something. And yes, maybe the process of of, uh, following the the production or the the fulfillment of an order that can be Mm -hmm. digitalized. But yeah, getting that order in that, uh, yeah, at some point in time, it still needs to be... uh, drawn or created and you can think of for example if you yeah, want to create a piece of art or something or if you want to make a very special we talk more in b2b if you want to build a special one of a kind or one time piece to fit in something right you have sometimes this kind of uh, maybe maybe a pipe that is so special uh, to fit in an old factory and it is not you know it's not configurable it's not purchasable it's just you need to draw it and then say if you can make it more or less like this, it will it will fit. Yeah, these mm. things are still uh, there's still a challenge to automate that. But maybe there is there's a future that will bring us um, bring us there. Yeah, then maybe the last question for me to you is: Do we have a question for for our next guest? Your homepage are not the landing page uh, anymore. You need to be in social media and attract people to go to your uh, homepage, but. What do you see will change now when Google introduce AI like Bard or mm-hmm. Microsoft in the, in the, have ChatGTP in, yeah. involved in Bing? How will this change when an AI solution will give you an answer for your needs in the e-commerce process? Yeah. Yeah. And how can you influence that? That is that's an interesting question. I like it. And uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, maybe a small uh, sidestep, but we are um, hosting out one of our tech talks. That is a monthly uh, talk we do with the audience on LinkedIn uh, live. And yeah, we are going to talk. I think next one uh, is about AI. So that's definitely, uh, or it will be already recorded when we are uh, sharing this one so that you can watch the recording back or you can still still join by um, looking at my profile on LinkedIn and subscribe for the event. So yeah. Per, thank you very much. It's like the old days. It was great to have a chat with you. And uh, yeah, Cosmo is a great partner of Sana. We are already um, working together for many, many years. Enjoy the snow in Sweden and see you next time. Yeah, thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you.